0: and the brave new world world begins, begins. begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings, with terror and slaughter return.
1: Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Copybook Headings podcast. If you're a new listener just joining us for the first time, uh, this show is inspired by the poem by Rudyard Kipling called The Gods of the Copybook Headings, and every week we take an old proverb, a maxim or saying, and we break it down to see what we can learn from it and see if there's still any relevance today from these old proverbs and, and uh, if they contain any old wisdom that we should still, still be learning and paying attention to. Uh, I am your host, Patrick Payne, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Stevens. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing
2: great. How are you today?
1: Doing good. Surviving. Had a rough week with the family. Had some had some kid meltdowns. Had some sick people. The wife was throwing up and everything. So we but we made it through and uh the week is over. So yeah.
2: Yeah. everyone's <laughs> good for the weekend now. You can have a good weekend. I think everyone's good for the weekend. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we're we're uh we're going out of town a little bit. We're gonna go to a, a football game. So we're we're gonna we're gonna have a good time. Hoping that uh everything goes smoothly. So I'm ready for a weekend. Nice. Um, so yeah, we got a good one this week. Uh, this is one that I had selected. Um, I looked into it a little bit. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll drop it on us here. The one we're doing this. this. Yeah. The one we're doing this week is blood is thicker than water. Um, this seems like a common one. Most people have heard it, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing research on it, I didn't find a ton on it. Apparently, there was a different version of it that this one came from, and that one may be earlier, but there's not a lot of data on that one. Is that, is that kind of what you found?
2: Yeah, some, somewhere in the, the Middle Ages, um, there seemed to be some kind of hints of this one, maybe not specifically. And then later on, maybe the 1700s, there was some stuff that's more specific. Um, and then some recent recent, uh, variations as well in the last few decades. So there's a lot, a lot seems to have been written on it and with different variations and different, uh, interpretations. So this one's got some interesting directions to go.
1: Yeah, for sure. The, the one that, uh, that I found that it said it may have come from is longer. It's the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Um, yeah. which is really interesting. And when I tried finding, you know, Interpretations of it, I found several, and it seemed like it wasn't the history of it, wasn't very clear. And even the interpretation, there seems to be some, some differing opinions on it, and maybe not even everybody's exactly sure what it means. Um, is that kind of what you found, or, or what did you? Yeah, find?
2: that's the one that's the one I was thinking of that, um, is in more recent decades. It made it into like a, a book of kind of a book of Proverbs, you know, kind of a, a pop, pop lit kind of book about you know, the, the true meaning behind a lot of, you know, everyday sayings type of book, Mm -hmm. but I guess I I haven't tracked this book down, but I guess he doesn't really give sources for this interpretation or this longer form. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's, um, it kind of sticks with you though, because it has, it has an interesting concept behind it. Um, you know, being, you know, from a religious aspect, from a, a Christian aspect that, you know, the, the Christian bond is can be stronger than a family bond, depending mm-hmm. on um, depending on the circumstances, right? Which is kind of the opposite of what um, you know the the regular conception of this, the, the the short version that we're we're kind of talking about. So there's kind of two ways to go with it, you know?
1: Yeah, which is really interesting. So the the common understanding of this <clears throat> phrase is "blood is thicker than water" kind of means that family is more important. The blood of family is more important than any other kind of relationships. Um, And so I I definitely want to talk about that and go that direction. But, but as you mentioned, this other version almost seems like it's telling, saying the opposite thing. Like the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. So a covenant is like a deal, like a, a, an agreement or a two way promise almost. So, um, it's, it, it almost seems like it's implying that associations of of choice are th- are stronger than than um, you know blood blood relative family. Um, yeah. But and, and, that, and that's kind of what one of the interpretations I I found had said. But I think that's a little bit off because not every association you're going to have is a blood covenant. <laughs> Right. Right. I mean, I mean, like your, your buddy next door isn't like a blood covenant. So I, t- I started thinking right. about that. I was just trying to figure out what did that mean? You know? Um, and w- one possible interpretation I, I, I came up with is, um, like, like a marriage covenant, um, uh, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're bonding together and it could be cautioning people to, to prioritize the relationship with a spouse over, over children. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard that used before, so I, I'm not exactly sure if that's what it meant, but that was one, one possible avenue that I took.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For me, the first thing that came to mind, and, and I don't, I think, I think my wife was the one who told me about this version, like a while, a little while ago, like she'd come across it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I mentioned that we were doing this, she's like, Oh, do you, do you know about this one? But, um, it, to me, like I, my first thought was like the, the capital C covenant of, you know, of, of Jesus. Right. So, yeah. Um, so that makes sense, you know, in, in the sense of, uh, in Christianity, Christ's sacrifice for mankind and for, um, for everyone who believes in him. Right. So that's, that's, that's the covenant that came to mind, which makes sense to me more than, um, that, that would supersede everything else. Right. Yeah, for Um, sure. So, um, but I hadn't thought, I hadn't thought about what, uh, your interpretation there with, with the covenants that people make with each other.
1: Yeah. That was what, uh, that was what, uh, um, when I was doing some research, I, I don't remember what the source was or where I, re- where I read it, but um, that's what one person's possible interpretation was, is that it was interpersonal, but that didn't seem like it sat right with me. Yeah. So it may, it may be, you may be correct. And it maybe it's just the the religious aspect of it, that the blood, the covenant and blood of Christ, um, your relationship with God is more important than your relationship with with family. Um and that's an interesting one because I actually agree with that one. Um I think I think uh you know in, in terms of a hierarchy of of loyalty and and it should be to to God first. Um right. because um you know even even if your loyalty is supposed to be to your family, oftentimes I, I've seen that go I've seen that go wrong. I've seen people I've seen it lead them away from faith. I've seen it lead them away Um, places that ended up uh, with unhappiness in in my personal life. I've, I've witnessed that.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree with you there. Um, I think um, coming back to our, the short version, blood is thicker than water. And another, another thing that I saw that's non-family related there was like one interpretation being people who like speaking, of men in particular, men who fought together, who've bled together, Mm. have a closer bond, right. Than than other than they have with other people, um, you know, or the idea of, you know, blood brothers, you know, which I think that one is more like you're mixing your blood with someone who's not a a blood relation as a symbolic way to make them a blood relation. Right.
1: Right.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, so, but yeah, those are some other ways that I would seen this interpreted.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one too. The to like, uh, um, you, I, I never served in combat, but uh, you, you see that a lot with that kind of the kind of bonds that that are developed in in those, yeah. those harsh situations. Well, okay, I wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about just kind of the the, the common. I want to yeah. talk more about just the common uh, understanding of it, which is just family is more important than than other relationships, and your friendships, than your um, you know, uh, acquaintances and. And people like that. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you make of that interpretation? Do you think that's that's sound advice these days? I've got some opinions on it, but I want to hear what you have to say.
2: I I do. I do think it's sound advice. I think it's um, I think it's neglected, and so it's you know it's a two way street, right? You, like the you should be loyal to your family, but they should be loyal to you, and not often, or, or often it it doesn't work that way with a lot of people and a lot of families. And so it's easy to say, well, I really don't have an obligation because it's all, it's all one way. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: But ideally people have a a conception that they owe their family something um, and that their family owes them something and and you can rely on each other in in tight spots. So Mm -hmm. I, I think that is, and, and, You can take it, I mean, you can extrapolate it out. You can say you're, you know, that's, that's an easy conception with your immediate family. It's uh, becomes a little harder to grasp when you're getting out to cousins and aunts and uncles and, and then even farther out and you get something that we really don't have a concept of, of, you know, like the, the larger family unit, the clan, you know, that's not really something that's part of our culture anymore. Um, in America and I think England really doesn't. Have it either, right, and uh mm-hmm. we could we could talk about why that is and whether it was the British Empire or who knows what you know like what what broke that down um but yeah, so it it's easy on a small scale to to see the value of this, and it's a little harder on the grander scale,
1: yeah, yeah, I think I can see i I can see that for sure um i i my opinions are similar, like I think this is um generally good advice. I think there is and ought to be a difference in between family and, and, and non-family. And I mean, normally we kind of wait toward the end to kind of talk about the, the gods of the marketplace, right? The, 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 Mm -hmm. the way that society kind of views these. Uh, But I wanted to jump into that really quick. Um, just kind of, um, seems like a good segue into it where I feel like this is very much not, um, valued nowadays yeah. where yeah. it seems like if you have a brother or a, a sibling or a parent that's just not getting you're not getting along with them it's much more fashionable now it's just be like well cut them off and and yeah. uh pick your friends pick your family kind of you know
2: yeah cut them cut them loose and have your your found family or whatever they they call that yeah
1: yeah exactly that seems much more fashionable and um it, um something about that sits wrong with me. Um, and maybe Mm -hmm. we can dig into why that is a little bit. Uh, I don't have an exact, I can't, I can't exact put, put it to words at the moment, but, um, but yeah, something about that sits wrong with me. I feel like you should have a little bit more grace with, with actual blood family that, and and give them more chances, um, than you would with somebody else. What are your thoughts?
2: I, I think that's absolutely true. Um, in our, in our culture, nepotism is a dirty word. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really think it should be,
1: uh, yeah. no, I agree. 100%. I
2: you really should, you really should go out of, out of your way to, to help your, your family out. Um, help your kids out, help your, help your parents, help your siblings and and so on outwards. Um, I think there's probably various degrees of, of the amount of help to give as the farther out you get from, from your immediate family. But, Sure. But yeah, it's good because it, um, there, there's just something, I think there's something special about it and I, it's hard to put my finger on too, but yeah, it really is. Um, coming, coming from common ancestors, like, should have, and you should have grace for your, your ancestors as well, who are, who are gone and went before and, and lived hard lives so that you can have what you have. And
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent on the ancestors dude. That's a really good point. I, that's one, one thing that irritates me so much is people kind of denigrating the people that came before them. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who said it, but I heard a good um, uh, explanation of how we, we should treat our ancestors. And I thought it was good. And basically they said that when you travel through the past, meaning you're, you're reading about these stories or you hear about your, things, your ancestors or people that came before you've done, you should mm-hmm. do it the same way you travel through a different country And you should have the same grace with them being from a completely different time as you would somebody maybe from some underdeveloped nation that lives a completely different life that maybe you might think is kind of backwards, but you're going to have some grace visiting that country. You're not going to criticize them because they don't live the same values as you. You're going to understand it's a completely different place. It's a completely different culture. And you're going to, you're going to be a little
2: patient with them, right? And you should do the same thing with your ancestors. Yeah. I I love that conception. I think that's, that's right on. Um, especially, you know, in uh, American culture is very, especially at the more like the educated levels, you know, it's very, um, xenophilic, you know, we like, we like other cultures. We like to travel and we like when other cultures come to us. And, but, but yeah, it's funny because that same grace is not extended to to other times when, when there are different customs and different mores. Yeah. And yeah,
1: exactly. And it, and it, and it absolutely should be, um, would you, um, so you, so you, we're kind of in agreement that this, this one's just kind of not very well respected nowadays.
2: Yeah. I, I'd certainly agree with that. So then what, you know, if this is not, not valued popularly, like what is the, the, the mindset of the culture, you know, like what is, what do people think about filial responsibility and things like that? What do you think?
1: Um, I would say it's very unfashionable now to be tied into something, any kind of responsibility, especially if you didn't specifically agree to it or choose it. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of having a responsibility to your, ancestors or responsibility to your posterity or responsibility even to living family. um, It seems people, modern, modern society seems it's not like that. They seem to be, you know, I want to be able to choose everything. I want to be able to have um, it's very individualistic. We've talked about the individualism of society and kind of the hyper individualism of society nowadays in some ways um, where, where everything is, is up to you you decide everything and you don't have any, you're not, you don't have any inborn responsibility.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, i I've come to the same conclusion there. Um, I've noticed the same things I, a while back was talked to a, talk to a friend on on his podcast a couple of years now. It's kind of the same idea that, you know, we do have a, a responsibility, you know, or we, we have a kind of a, yeah, responsibility to our ancestors to, and to honor a lot of the choices that they made when they, that they made thoughtfully. Um, because, you know, yeah, like people don't want to be bound by other people's decisions, but I think really we need to be thinking like, okay, what am I bound by and what decisions am I making now? that will bind my children and grandchildren. And how can I make that responsibly? Right. Like, how can I make the best decision for them and be not thinking about yourself, be thinking about them and what's going to be best for them and, and hope that they will honor that and do the thing for, do that for who comes after them.
1: Yeah. I think you're spot on. And, and and I was just thinking, as you're saying that, um, I was trying to think of why that is, you know, why is it that it's so important to, to um, pay attention, you know, respect your ancestors and what they, what they built for you. And also to think multi-generationally down the road as well. Mm -hmm. And the the only thing I kept thinking of is when you, when you don't focus on your family, both past, present and future, it seems just kind of like an abdication of responsibility. It just seems like you have a, you have power and people are giving it away because they don't want it because it's too much responsibility. Yeah. Raising children is a, an immense power, especially if you have a lot of them to shape society. You know, you're, you're, you're creating people that are going to go out into the world and they're going to build things and they're going to, you know, run companies or societies or whatever, you know, run for office, they're going to do whatever. And so if you instilling values in them is, is a great power and responsibility. Yeah. And, um, I think a lot of people who are shy away from it. Think, well, you know, And they, and they might try to phrase it in some noble way. Like, I I don't want, I don't want to have power, but I I don't think that's a good thing. I I think it's just, I think it's just being scared of responsibility. If you have a power to do something good, shouldn't, shouldn't you do it? I mean, shouldn't you pick up that power and, and, and kind of wield the sword for, uh,
2: you know, good in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a a link in a chain, whether you like it or not, you know, um, and you can't strengthen the the links down one side, but you can strengthen your own and the ones that come after you, you know, you can do what you can there. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, I think a lot of problems in society can be really, um, boiled down to people, um, not wanting to take on this responsibility of thinking of thinking past themselves. Um, you mentioned like, like nepotism is kind of a dirty word. Um, but I, 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 I'm with you. I really think that you have a responsibility to help your kids in any way you can. Um, yeah. you know, and, uh, it shouldn't be anything shady or illegal or or dishonest, but man, uh, uh a contact goes a long way in the business world. For example, mm-hmm. you know, a handshake and an introduction and a, a lunch with an important person and you as the dad or the mom, you've been, you know, like I've been in business my, my whole career, I have lots of contacts. I know lots of people. I I would think it'd be, you know, why wouldn't I introduce my son to somebody that I know to see if he can see if he can get an internship somewhere or get a, get a, get an entry level job. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, I mean, that, that's one good tangible example. Let's talk about some others and maybe some, some tricky cases, you know, like what do you do? uh, What do you do with your, your screw up brother or something, right? Like, how do you, how do you help? Um, like, like, what does that look like? What is, what is your obligation there? And, um, when, where, where's the tough love and all that stuff? What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think you have a responsibility to your family to help them. I also think you have responsibility to society at large to, you know, be honest, be a good person, mm-hmm. not, not screw someone over. So if I knew someone was a bum, you know, I'm not going to lie to, to, a to somebody and say, oh yeah, he he's great. Right. <laughs> right Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, that's a great question about if you have someone who's kind of a deadbeat, you know, the only thing I could think of is, is try to find as, uh, um, try to help them find something that, that you think they could be decent at and then do what you can to, to, to help them out. Um, if they're going into some, some job interview or something that they're clearly not qualified for, and you know, the, the hiring manager probably wouldn't be the best to, to, uh, make that recommendation, especially because it's not going to be helping them in the long run either too. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I'm thinking of my my own situation um, as a as a beneficiary of nepotism, mm. working uh, for my sister's company. She started a company, and um, I was one of the first the first hires, um, Sweet. because she believed in me and and my abilities. But also, she was willing to put in the time to to train me up to do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's a nice avenue if you want if you're interested in. Um, a way to kind of build up your own family and, uh, and play to their strengths is, you know, you can, if you're entrepreneurially in, inclined to to start your own thing and keep, keep family in mind, um, as you're, as you're building up and, and how, how they might be able to contribute, um, the family business is a, a storied tradition, right? Like, um you know, going back to some some of some of our last names and things like that, you know, in yeah. our in our culture where you were what your father did and and mm-hmm. you worked with him and he trained you how to do it and you did that for your son and and on and on.
1: Yeah, I agree. I had a friend uh I had a friend in, in high school whose dad was very wealthy and he was in finance. He worked for I think Merrill Lynch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um and my buddy was like, I'm not you know, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I remember in high school, he wanted to be an actor. He said, he's going to go to Hollywood, and be a movie star. I'm like, okay. But, uh, <laughs> but he's a really sharp guy, very smart. And uh, he ended up going into finance like, like his dad. And I'm mm-hmm. sure his dad gave him, got him some contact. And he, he was like fighting yeah. with his dad all the time. He didn't get along with him in high school, but I think he probably outgrew that. I haven't talked to him in years, but I'm, I'm guessing he probably outgrew that. And his dad probably helped him a lot. I know for a fact, just from like pictures, he's he's posted online and stuff. I know that he's very successful. So, um, and I don't think that's probably by, by accident. I think he probably one learned some, some work ethic and some skills from his dad. And, but I think probably he had some, had some context there and, you know, you know, good for him for recognizing that. I think it's, it's really common nowadays for, for parents to take too far a step back. I don't think you want to push your kids into something they really hate But I think sometimes they take too far a step back, like, well, you know, it doesn't matter if you want to join the family business or not, like just do whatever you want. I think there should be, Hey, you know, yeah, you should join the family business unless there's some reason why you really just detest it and you have some passion for something else. Yeah. Join the family business. Why not?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for the combination of, of nature and nurture kind of driving like multi-generationally, right? Like, Mm -hmm on the one hand, you're, you're teaching people to do what you know how to do. So they that gives them a leg up learning how to do that, but also just, you know, temperamentally, you know, people, people inherit certain temperaments from their, from their parents and, and that feeds into the kinds of jobs they're good at. And you kind of, there's, there's a lot of weight kind of driving you in that direction to, to, um, but I mean, like you said, sometimes, it does not fit, but, but, uh, it's worth, it's not, it's worth not throwing away the, the idea too soon. Yeah, I agree with that. What now, what about, um, one something I think about is instilling the sense of, of duty and uh, loyalty in kids for each other, right? Like, oh yeah. You, teaching your kids to, to stick together and, and how to, keep that going when they're adults? Like, is there anything that you're doing to, to teach your kids that?
1: I, it's really important to me. Yes. Um, if, am I successful at it? I don't know. <laughs> time, time will tell, time will when, tell. Yep. To when my, when my boys are old, will they be friends? But yeah, that's really important to me that they are. Um, I've, you know, we've had situations where one of the boys has like said something, told a neighbor kid, something kind of private about the other boy that was embarrassing for him. And and i i mean that we had to i took that very very seriously like we had to have yeah. a sit down and be like no we don't ever ever you know betray your brother like that and it wasn't something vi- really big a big of a deal but it was just something kind of a little bit embarrassing that he he had told a, another kid yeah. and um since that time we haven't had any situations i, th- I think they are starting to understand that uh that family's really important i have i have one one son who's you know struggles with social, social situations and, and uh, a little bit of a, can be quick to anger, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, he's also one of, he's also my, my jujitsu champion. So (laughs) he's always quick to want to fight, you know? And I'm like, no, the the martial arts is supposed to tell you not to fight. Right. Um, but he, he, uh, I, you know, if he came back from school and had been in a fight, obviously there'd be consequences and he'd be in trouble. If I found out that he was fighting, to protect his brother they would be different i mean i I, yeah. I just wouldn't i wouldn't punish him the same way i'd be like oh, okay so someone was picking on your little brother and you went and thumped him well uh, okay you got suspended from school maybe that's just the, the only punishment there is you know what i mean right right yeah so i think they sense. would i think they would kind of pick up on that you know that that hey you know there's it's really important to stick together and it's really important to look out for your brother yeah
2: well, that's, that's great.
1: What about you? Any uh, thoughts on how to, how to instill that in your kids?
2: Um, you no, know, I, I mean, there's, they're still at the pretty young age for, for mine and I've got girls and so just trying to, to get them to play together, right. Get them to play nice together. That's, that's the, that's the foundation of it, at least that I'm seeing. And, and, uh, we're still, you know, they're still at the insular stage. So they don't really but um, we still don't have a ton of like outside influence and outside friends and stuff, but definitely mm-hmm. keep an eye on that so that they can know that they, they come first for each other over, over the neighborhood kids and stuff. And
1: yeah, for sure.
2: Rely on each other. And, how, and how, how they, they have, I think they have that, that already at this young age kind of instinct.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think well. um, if it's, a, it's hard to, have specific things on, on way, ways to teach that, but sometimes certain things that are just important to you, they'll kind of just pick up, you know, just the way yeah. you, you handle it. So it being important to you, I think is, is the first step. Um, is it, was that, uh, was that something that happened in your family where you guys fair, did you have, you know, I don't know how many siblings do you have? I don't even know.
2: I have two sisters, one, one older and one younger. And I don't know that it was a really, a, a specific lesson that, you know, you know, family needs to stick together over anything else, but, but it came through, I think, I think Mm -hmm. we're, we're all pretty close. And, um, and so I, whatever, whatever my parents did, it was maybe a little more, more, uh, subconscious kind of training, but it, it worked
1: good. Yeah. I mean, you got, she helped you get a job. That's awesome. It's funny. My, my sister got me my first job. I was, uh, I was working at a restaurant. She was like 16 or 17 and I was 14 and, uh, she was a waitress at a restaurant and uh, she put in a word for me cause I needed a bus boy to just clean off the tables. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I did, but she got me my first job. And so, you know, I got me my first work experience and you know, that, like anyone's career it has to start somewhere and then you just get yeah. a little experience and then you can get a little bit better job, gain a little experience. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think for sure. Um, th- th- this is a really interesting one because of the the history of it and the various versions. And um, you know, from a religious perspective, I, re- I you know, the, the blood of the covenant is thicker than, than family, uh, from a religious perspective and d- discussing Jesus Christ. Yeah. I believe. Uh, but from the modern perspective of, of family being more important than non-family, I, I agree with it. Uh, I think it's, it's really important to remember. It's really important to instill in your kids and, uh, and, and make sure that they they understand that uh, loyalty to family is, is, uh, should be paramount.
2: Yeah. And if, if, you know, hard times are coming and it looks like they are, it's, it's, uh, families are going to be who you can rely on.
1: Yep. Absolutely. So circle those wagons and and keep your family close. Well, um, Hey, thanks, man. This is a really good, really good conversation. And thanks everybody for listening. Um, remember, uh, blood is thicker than water. Call your dad, call your mom, (laughs) call your mom, (laughs) uh, call your siblings. And, uh, we will see you guys next week. See ya. Bye.
0: There are only four things certain since social progress began. The dog returns to his vomit, and the sow returns to her mire, and the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire, and that after this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sin, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook hide us error